I'll show you politics in America. Here it is, right here. I think the puppet on the right shares my beliefs. I think the puppet on the left is more to my liking. Hey, wait a minute. There's one guy holding up both puppets. Shut up. Go back to bed, America. Your government is in control. Read my lips. Just send your cash. There has never been so many lies, so much deception. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. (laughs) Please clap. It's time for the Mike Madison Show, a new breed of conservative talk. Now, here's your host, Mike Madison. Showtime! All right, good morning, and welcome to the Mike Madison Show here at 1039 WYAB. Thanks for joining me as always. I, uh, got a lot to get into. I, I will say, just kind of a programming note, I'm going to start interjecting some health shows. I have compiled just a, a huge list, several pages of links to stories that I've seen just over the past few months, and I want to start working that in. Number one, I think that when I did a show five days a week and did Hump Day Health, that Wednesday segment was probably the most popular thing I did. I certainly got the most feedback on it, and I believe it was probably the most productive thing that I did. I loved hearing stories from people that had drastically improved their health, not necessarily because of my show, but they were interested in the topic because before even finding me, they had taken control of their health. So I'll be doing those, but the the other side of that is I, I I am desperately seeking for things other than commenting on a 2024 election. Now, I'm, I'm going to see things that I certainly will interject to the shows, but as far as the day-to-day political commentary of 2024, it, it makes my tummy ache to even, th- to even think about exactly what we are on the cusp of. So it will, this show will not be without political commentary on the election that is staring us in the face. Well, I guess we're looking down the barrel of a 2024 election be the best way I could put it, but... I will be looking for other things to get into. We'll do some of those today. It was nice. I was looking for quotes of the day. I'm not usually looking for quotes of the day. I run across them. And, and I found this one, and it made me realize maybe I am a genius. Maybe that's what the problem is. found this quote by Albert Einstein. He said, Although I am a typical loner in daily life, my consciousness of belonging to the invisible community of those who strive for truth, beauty, and justice has preserved me from feeling isolated. <laughs> On my political island, my ideological island of libertarianism and actual true freedom, not the Republican version of freedom, has quite often left me very isolated. But I will join Einstein in the invisible community of those who strive for truth, beauty, and justice. I ran across this. I thought this was kind of interesting. This is a a neuroscientist. Uh, And and I may get more into this today because one of the things I'm most fascinated by is the way people's minds work, the ability that uh, that they have to ignore information, dismiss compelling information. We've seen this particularly around COVID. There are still people walking around in masks, We understand that there are still people out there getting boosters, although the numbers are getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's a beautiful thing to see. Many people are waking up, but it is interesting. I'm fascinated by the human mind 
not just politically, not just scientifically, just in our everyday life, how sometimes we're just not able to get through to some people. And I would imagine (laughs) when it comes to WIAB programming, I am probably the least able to get through to people uh, with this show, but I appreciate people who have stuck with me and entertained my crazy ideas of freedom. This was a neuroscientist that explained it a little bit. Why is it so hard to change someone's mind? Let's talk about it. If you're new to my channel, I'm of course Rachel, the neuroscientist. The brain really doesn't like changing its mind and that gives rise to things like the confirmation bias, anchoring bias. Confirmation bias means that we'll actually selectively filter out information that is incongruent with our existing beliefs. Even if we do process that information, we'll give it a lot less weight than we would with something that actually aligns with our existing ideas. Anchoring bias is where we hold on to the very first thing that we learn about something and it's hard for us to let go of that, even when we're presented with evidence that suggests that it's not accurate. What a terrible design. Why are we like this? Well, neuroscientific Typically speaking, once you learn something, your brain has to restructure and rewire itself. We also instinctively perceive change, uncertainty, unpredictability as inherently dangerous. Sticking to what's familiar can obviously serve as an evolutionary advantage. The last and perhaps more psychological component of that is that our ideas tend to be tethered to our identity and the brain really doesn't like threats to identity. Your sense of self involves so many different structures, memories, processes in the brain to rewrite that would be very complicated and in the daily struggle for survival, potentially fatal. So you know, I listened to that and I thought, well, you know, it's a people are hardwired to believe the things that they believe and they just can't reassemble their brains to accept new information. And it made me realize I must be the guy that's got some loose wires in the brain, very ready to change my mind on a whole host of things. I think it became a habit for me, really. For those of you who have been through kind of an awakening process, you really do. You you get open to more information. Uh, The more you realize you were gaslit on things before. So it's a, I guess it's a bit of a process, and I would imagine a lot of people are going through that now, right, left, and center. You realize all the lies that have been told to us. Speaking of that, another quote from H.L. Mencken, and I have, I have used this quote before, but I thought it was very interesting. Just in the news of the last week, I have my little outlier show here from on Wednesdays and Thursdays from 9 to 10 o'clock, two hours a week, so I have to compile, essentially, five to six days worth of information to launch my Wednesday show. And just over the last week, here, here's the quote. I guess I should go ahead with the quote. The quote from H.L. Mencken was, the whole aim of practical politics is to keep the populace alarmed and hence clamorous to be led to safety by menacing it with an endless series of hobgoblins, all of them imaginary. Now, this is what it is. This is where we are. Everybody is kept in a constant state of fear and alarm by the political class. And I started when I ran across this quote again this week and thought about just the past week. Just in the past week, think about all of the fear things. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point a finger at right-wing media, too. Certainly, we have the mainstream media and the government. What do they give us? Climate change. They give us the virus. The Russians. The guns, you know, they're constantly trying to keep everybody alarmed and fearful for everyday life. And you need the government to come in and save you from all of these things. But right-wing media is equally 
guilty of this, is what did we have for this past week? Uh, I've seen a lot about the Chinese are assembling an army in the United States. This is one of the, we are the most heavily armed society, but we're worried about, I don't, I don't, yeah, sure, 10,000 military age uh, Chinese men have come across our border. Is, you think that's really a military invasion? I think it's very likely that the Chinese economy is collapsing. See, this is where the wiring and the break, because I can hear people right now going, oh, Mike, I can agree with you on some things, but no, this is a, (laughs) China's coming over here. They're sending their military over to us. ISIS sleeper cells, Hamas sleeper cells. They're all coming across the southern border and they're going to take us over. Ignore the, what do we have, a reported 450 million guns in the hands of American citizens. And I would say if you accounted for the ones that were also, air quotes here in the studio, lost in a boat accident, <laughs> we probably are we probably a couple of hundred thousand more guns than that. We can calm down a little bit about military age Chinese guys coming across the border. But just in the past week, we've had the hackers, the, uh, the cell towers went down. And I immediately saw, particularly right-wing, what's now considered alternative, there's, there's become an alternative mainstream media, in my opinion. It's kind of interesting. It, it runs counter to the mainstream mainstream, but now it's become the mainstream alternative, and it is almost as predictable as the horrific mainstream corporate press here in the United States. It's just the flip side of all of those things. The cell phones went down for a series of a few hours, and it was immediately, uh, this was from right-wing media, what I saw, this was Chinese hackers. We were attacked. They pointed to all of these things showing that this was an attack. Now, I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, What I understand is there were some update issues This certainly happens with some of these big companies when they're constant updates of things. This is why I don't update my iPhone until I know the coast is clear three or four weeks until I'm forced to do it. But so we had this, the cell towers are down. And then immediately off that, a Chinese spy balloon, (laughs) another balloon. Uh, And these things are just absolutely endless. It's the Muslims. Democrats say it's the Republicans trying to kill you. It's Trump. He's a dictator in waiting. So H.L. Mencken certainly had it right, but I just thought it was very interesting. I would say just in the past week, in my list here, the things that were were mentioned would be climate change, and then the flip side of that, now they're blocking out the sun. We have, uh, obviously, COVID still around. The Russian hysteria is still here. Uh, Hamas and ISIS sleeper cells have certainly been uh, in the news. The Iranians of possible hacking of our infrastructure, of the Chinese coming across the border. Uh, it's, it's just everything. It's just absolutely constant. constant. Uh, yeah, I got time to get to this real quick. We'll do a, just a little bit of financial stuff. You know, some people don't need to change their minds because they're raised right. <laughs> some people are just raised right. This girl, I don't know who she is or how old she is, but she appears to be about 12 years old. And there are some good parents in Canada raising this child. Check this out. Have you ever wondered why the bankers from the largest private banks are becoming wealthier and the rest of us are not? What I have discovered is the banks and the government have colluded to financially enslave the people of Canada. Government borrows money from the private banks. They then lend the debtiest money to Canada with compounded interest. The government then continues to increase taxation of Canadians year after year, 
in order to pay back the interest on the exponentially growing national debt. What results is inflation. The government gave the banks the ability to loan out money that doesn't exist in the form of loans. They click a key on a computer and generate the fake money out of thin air. They don't actually have it in their bank vaults. Margaret Mead said the following, and I hope that all of you remember this. Never doubt that a small group of people can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. A couple of things about that. <laughs> Number one, that's a 12-year-old girl expressing thoughts and understanding concepts that I know 50, 60-year-old people in the United States and in Canada don't understand. That's amazing enough. Number two is... That was a, uh, the clip was a little over a minute. She did that, I'm watching the video of her. She did it without any cue cards or any teleprompter, which obviously shows she, she has a better command of the English language and the, the theories and the concepts around economics than the President of the United States does. A 12-year-old girl more eloquent than the supposedly most powerful man in the world, although we know it's not him, it's people behind him, you know, Bill Ackman. Was a big investor. I ain't no fan of the Wall Street crowd, but he did an interesting thing where he just very succinctly said, it's just having Joe Biden as president and considering running again is just embarrassing for this country. And he's, he's so right. I mean, it is just absolutely embarrassing to think how far we've fallen. I have limited time today, but I want to. I've been I've been watching uh, documentaries about the rise and fall of the Soviet Union, and it's really, really very fascinating to see what you know what we've done in this world, what has gone on, to see something collapse. And I got to tell you, the Soviet Union at their time of collapse was headed up by a much more competent group of of communists than the one that we have in the White House right now i got to take a break. I've got a, just an absolutely amazing clip from, uh, it was on CNBC, and I'm really angry because I think I found it like the day it was posted because of the algorithms shooting me some of this financial stuff, and now it's become very popular. So you may have already heard it. Drives me crazy sometimes. I have to wait for a few days. Uh, but if you didn't hear what the, I believe it's the CEO of Kellogg's said, <laughs> you'll get a kick or a scream out of this one. We'll do that when I come back. Stick around. <laughs> All right, we are back. I tickled myself uh, during the during the break with the clip I'm about to play. Oh my gosh! You know, I, I honestly, I think I've injected this into the show. Some I'm actually pretty encouraged by what I'm seeing people do. I don't know if anybody is paying any attention. You have to look for this. It's not going to be on the mainstream media, but the list of countries, particularly in Europe, that are rising up and rebelling against this green agenda that shuts down farms. The, the farmers over there, it is city after city. I've been reporting on this for weeks, and every week there are three or four more countries where the farmers are facing off with the police. In some places I've seen where the police have pretty much stood down. This is what I dream of for the United States because unfortunately our government is so big and large 
and spends so much money, it has locked in a Praetorian guard to protect itself. And unfortunately, the right largely has cheered for that over the years. Maybe they're waking up to it a little bit now. But the police have been sprayed with manure. There is one. I can't remember where it is. Let me see if I had it in my notes. It was just one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. And it was um, it was one of the uh, one of the European countries. I, I don't see it, but uh, oh, it was in France, actually in France. You know, the French have gotten a pretty long bad reputation for being cowards, and then when they didn't join us in the failed, disastrous, illegal Iraq War, we cast them as cowards again. It turns out they were right and we were wrong. But the French farmers aren't messing around. They have been building concrete walls around uh, government buildings. I'm not talking about just stacking a few things here. I'm talking about with mortar and cinder block. <laughs> like they are putting in full walls, and the idea is to keep the politicians inside those walls. I, I can't even quite understand. I don't understand the society of France and some of these countries. When I see these farmers spraying down government buildings with manure, Unfortunately, I am forced to think, where in the world are the cops? Because you try that stuff here, and I guarantee you the cops will crack your head, unfortunately, because these are the bosses, right? These are the capos of society are in those political buildings, and the police are the enforcers for much of what they do. No offense, police, but you know it's true. It's why you pull people over for a rolling stop through a stop sign to raise revenue. It has nothing to do with you know, public safety. It's about raising revenue and because politicians put together a law that says if you pull up to a four-way stop with a stop sign and there's nobody anywhere near near you, if you roll through it, you've still broken the law and you can pay the price. Anyway, the, the, the reaction I'm seeing from these farmers, the reaction I've seen against the COVID regime, many of these things, I'm, I'm really very encouraged. My biggest fear, though, is that they will just do the old switcheroo like they always do. And this is what I feel coming that makes me this my pessimistic side. That we will rebel against one thing, believing that the other side of the coin, the other wing of the same crooked bird, will be our savior. And this has happened time and time again, particularly here in the United States. And what happens is you just get incremental, incremental change in the wrong direction. Now, I see a lot of people are saying they're switching parties. They're so sick of Joe Biden. I think that's fantastic. They're finally seeing this. Holy cow, you can't... The, the three years of the Biden administration has just been absolutely horrific. How hard is it to wake up for that? But unfortunately, they're going to the Republican Party, which is, is going to be a whole different set of bigger government, statist, bankrupting of this country. But anyway, I, I can be encouraged... I ran across a clip from this girl featuring a lot of females today. You know, I was always kind of surprised that women listen to my show, and it's, that's very sexist. They're not really based on anything except that most of my political conversations that I've had, particularly kind of hardcore libertarian type thing, fighting for freedom, has usually gone on with men. And that was really until I met a lot of the Madison moms that were out there fighting to get their kids out of masks. And I realized, oh my gosh, the women are actually the real force out there. They're, they're the ones that aren't stuck in front of watching sports ball and they will actually get out there and do something. And kudos to the dads that were out there as well. Anyway, 
I just like seeing, I like knowing that women out there are attuned to some ideas of freedom too, because we certainly need them. Here's an example of that. Another young girl comprehending of some things that I think a lot of 40, 50, 60 year old people, men don't even understand. 150 years ago, you didn't have to ask permission from the government to go fishing, own a property, build on your property, renovate your home, use a transportation vehicle, start a business, get married, own a weapon, hunt, cut hair, sell a product, protest, grow your own food, sell that food that you grew on your own property, or even just set up a lemonade stand. And now you virtually can't do anything without asking for the government's permission first. So if you still think you're free, you're deluding yourself. Hate to break it to you, but you're a free-range human in a tax farm. Oh, they cut off earlier in a tax farm. <laughs> Amen. Amen, sister. I'm, I'm going to play this clip now, I guess. Well, I tell you what. Now, I'll, I'm going to save... <laughs> I'm going to save this other clip from, it's actually a, a, an audio clip from a cult leader. I watched this documentary. I don't know if you've seen this called Wild Country. It's a pretty compelling, a pretty compelling documentary. I will, I will say this about it. I'll play the clip on the other side of this break. Uh, one of the things that the, this cult did in Wild Country was they, they moved, you know, they were being persecuted. They were pretty weird, led by kind of one of these guru types long beard. Um, they, were, they were being harassed where they were, so they moved to this small town. Well, of course, you can imagine this small town that just had some land that the cult could set up on was not really thrilled with this cult moving in. It's a bunch of flower children and you know, other stuff like that. And it was just, you know, the culture of that small town was not down with it. Anyway, what the cult did was they went out and picked up a bunch of homeless people. I would say probably in the hundreds of homeless people. And they brought them to this small town, let them stay on the cult's uh, area so that they would vote in the next election. <laughs> and they, they won handily. Does that, that remind us of anything that's going on right now? Yes, the Democratic cult is, uh, maybe they've seen that documentary. They're using the same playbook now. Anyway, it's called Wild Country. When we come back, I'll play one... <laughs> One genius clip by the uh, the founder and the head uh, head dude of this cult. Say, <laughs> I'm starting to laugh already. Stick around. We are back. This is the Mike Madison Show, 103.9 WYAB. I have really built up this clip. and <laughs> There are things I've found in my life. I've said it many times. There's nothing I like better than laughing. And if you spend any time with me on a one-on-one -on -one basis, we are going to laugh a lot. Because I think that's dogs and laughter are probably two of the biggest things. Friends, significant others, family, you know, but it's day to day. Day-to-day, -day, dogs and laughter are probably two of the most important things that I think uh, uh, make, make your day better. But I'm also very keenly aware that I, sometimes things crack me up that other people do not find <laughs> that funny. I mean, some things will have me in tears laughing, and I'll try to recount them to somebody else. I just get a blank stare. So apologies if this doesn't land with you like it did with me, but this is, 
this is uh, there's 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 so much talk about democracy now. It's really driving me crazy. I know there's a lot of people out there who say, well, we're a constitutional republic. Well, yes, I mean, yes, we are. That's that's the structure of this country. But understand, I mean, the, the democracy part of it is right now. If, if 51 percent of you vote for Michael Guest or Roger Wicker, then you're supposedly, supposedly I'm supposed to be saddled with every harebrained idea they come up with. Because 51% of people in San Francisco area voted for Nancy Pelosi, I'm supposed to live under the rule of Nancy Pelosi. I just reject it out of hand. I don't think that, uh, you know, democracy, you would think it means the people have a say, but we have a say in the, the faces that get into Washington, D.C., not any of the policies. Because most of these people will pass the same policies regardless. Uh, but it, anyway, I'm kind of digressing. But th there's just this big push now for, you know, and a lot of it's around Trump, right? Trump and Russia. The left, the mainstream media, the talking heads are constantly saying we have these threats to democracy. It's, it's especially... It's especially ironic when they talk about standing up for democracy in Ukraine... And we're supporting the, the government and the president in Zelensky that's canceled what? He, did he just cancel his third presidential election? He shut down his, his opposition parties. He shut down opposition media. He's killed journalists. I mean, it's, it's really quite amazing to watch them get away with saying that. Uh, but they're constantly talking about Trump as a threat to democracy. Democracy is supposed to be this, this value we hold so dear. There's just one problem, and I think... I think the leader of this cult uh, says it perfectly here. Government by the people, of the people, for the people. But the people are retarded. <laughs> I'm sorry. I warned you. I told you. I don't know. I don't know what it is about me. A government of the people, by the people, for the people. But the problem is, <laughs> the people are retarded. <laughs> the whole documentary is worth that one line to me, so thank you for indulging me with that. If you don't think that that's an accurate statement, I want you to listen to what the... Gary Pilnick. Gary Pilnick is the chairman and CEO of Kellogg's Corporation. Everybody knows, and I've certainly covered it on this show, what we're facing in this country economically. And I have tried with great effort to explain this to people. While it's all fun to blame it on Joe Biden alone, and he has certainly made it worse, and it's fun to call it Bidenomics, and it's fun to put bumper stickers next to high prices, and your tribe cheers for you. It ignores the larger reality that our system is based on a fiat currency that is printed up and just created into existence through all kinds of uh, machinations of our financial system. Donald Trump printed more money in the final year of his term than every other president 
combined, uh, let me put it this, uh, what was it? He printed up 40% of all the money ever created in the United States over a 220-year period in one year. But people like, so, so we, we, we need to understand what inflation really is. And it is facilitated by the Roger Wickers and the Cindy Hyde Smiths and the Michael Guest and the Thad Cochran's and the, and the uh, Greg Harper's and, and the rest, of, and certainly the Benny Thompson's and the Nancy Pelosi, all of them. All of them are complicit in what has happened to us financially, the hollowing out of the, of the financial system. I, just as an aside, one of the most beautiful things I'm seeing recently is a lot of people, women coming out and questioning feminism. It's probably a topic for a whole show, but what I love is a lot of them are understanding that maybe the reason that the government took up this mantle of feminism a while ago was not so much to empower women, air quotes here in the studio around that, right? We're seeing right now young girls who practice their whole lives in a sport, and they will stick a dude in there and just crush them in competition, sometimes crush them physically. They don't care about women. But there are women coming to the realization that maybe they were convinced to abandon having families and go into the workforce because that doubles the tax load. More people working, more taxes, and more opportunity for the state to raise your child because you have to put them in kindergarten and put them in school. This is a beautiful realization that people are making, and I hope it's beginning of a much larger conversation. I don't know many women. I, would, I know some women who really like their job or really, really good at it. I could probably say the same thing from a lot of men that I know. Do you really want to work? Do you want to get up and go to that job every day? Do you feel empowered that you're not subservient to your husband and instead you go into work where you're subservient to a boss that you have no emotional connection to, you don't have a family with or anything? Is that, is that real liberation? That, look, I'm... If there's somebody out there that wants to support me, <laughs> I'll take it. I like my job, but I'm not going to kid anybody. I'm given the opportunity to stay home and play with dogs. Well, we'll foster a child if you want. Anyway, we, we, we know what's happened to our society. We're all living through it. We just don't understand how it happened and who's responsible. And this is why I get that pessimism that... We'll make decisions in the next election because we'll just focus all of this energy on this one deranged, lunatic, dementia patient running the show right now and think we're fixing something to get rid of him. It'll help be a lot less embarrassing country to be in, but it's not going to fix anything. Anyway, this is Gary Pilnick. He is the CEO of Kellogg's, and this is what he has to say. He's got some great ideas. Those of you out there that are having a little bit of trouble with your budget, inflation's taking its bite, you paid too much for your house, you've got a a nine-year, 10% interest loan on your car, you've tapped out all your home equity, your wages aren't keeping up near with inflation. So if you're struggling, he just wants you to know that Kellogg's Kellogg's understands your plight, and they are here to make it better for you. The cereal category has always been quite affordable, and it tends to be a great destination when consumers are under pressure. So some of the things that we're doing is first messaging. we got to reach the consumer where they are. So we're advertising about cereal for dinner. If you think about the cost of cereal for a family versus what they might otherwise do, that's going to be much more affordable. The other- oh, my God. This is where we are. That's not, you know, this is CNBC, too. They could teach us about the, the Federal Reserve, the central bank, and the overspending 
uh, of our government that's created the inflation that's put us in this spot in the first place. Instead, they got a cereal man to come on and hawk cereal for dinner. Because those horrible sugary carbohydrates that you had for breakfast that are wrecking your health just aren't quite enough. They want to tack them onto the end of your day as well. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let this play for a second. It's not a real long clip. He goes on, but they show a graphic in a second of all of the cereals that Kellogg's has. The places that we like to go is we talk about making sure we have the right pack at the... Oh, here it is. Yeah. Okay. So here, WK Kellogg's brands include Apple Jacks, Fruit Loops, Frosted Flakes, Kashi, Rice Krispies, uh, Special K, Raisin Bran, uh, Frosted Mini Wheats, Sugar Pops, and Smart Start. All heavily processed, all coated in all kinds of chemicals, all probably GMO or... Uh, sprayed down with Roundup, and then a nice healthy coating of sugar and other preservatives and chemicals on them. But he's going to take into account the packaging. Make sure that you like the packaging. The right price in the right place. So having a different size pack that'll have a different price point, that'll take some pressure off the consumer while they're shopping. So those are some of the things that we're doing. But in, in general, the cereal category is a place that a lot of folks might come to because the, the price of a bowl of cereal with, with milk and with fruit is less than a dollar. So you can imagine why a consumer under pressure might find that to be a good place to go. Right. I'm all for innovation and marketing, but the idea of having cereal for dinner, um, is there the potential for that to land the wrong way? Uh, we don't think so. In fact, it's landing really well right now, Carl. When we look at all of our data of and all of the desperate people out there that can't quite get to dinner in their food budget on a daily basis. Of course, we would know that breakfast cereal is the number one choice for in-home consumption. We understand that for breakfast. It turns out that over 25% of our consumption is outside the breakfast occasion. A lot of it's at dinner, and that, that occasion continues to grow, as well as the snacking occasion. But um, cereal for dinner is something that is, is probably more on trend now, and we would expect to continue as that consumer is under pressure. Oh, my gosh. You should see the smile on his face when he talks about the consumer under pressure. Holy cow. Holy cow. And, you know, the sad thing is, it'll work. It will work. I would imagine there has been an uptick in people eating cereal for dinner. There's only so many meals you can have of a packet of ramen before you want some tasty fruitios for your dinner. Holy cow. That's where we are. It's great for business for Kellogg's. Uh, the, the other thing is, too, I should have had this pulled up. I should have done this research. This should have hit me when I first heard this clip. Uh, cereal for breakfast, it was a big con. It was a, a corporate idea that you needed to start your day with these flakes of heavily processed grains coated in sugar. I'm going to have to look into that. I'll, I'll bring that to you at another time because it's an interesting story itself. Cereal across the board is pretty much a scam. I love a good cereal. I have it about twice a year, maybe. But it is not your friend when it comes to nutrition. All right, I'm going to do just a little bit of political commentary when we come back, because i got to be in my bonnet about something. Be right back. All right, final segment for the day today. Um, 
So we had a primary last week. Uh, Trump won South Carolina. Now, this was interesting. This is the first part. Trump won South Carolina. Everybody knew he was going to win. But it was reported in three minutes. And I believe the same happened in New Hampshire. And understand, I follow these things days after they occur because I really don't, don't care. And, and don't get me wrong, I hate Nikki Haley with the white-hot passion of a thousand sons. But what I find myself wondering is where is all of the outrage about them calling these elections so early? I believe I saw one post that was something like, you know, out of the gates, Trump wins immediately. That it was, I believe it was actually 1% reporting. And they called this thing for Trump. Again, I can't stand Nikki Haley. She should be put on an island with the rest of the criminally insane, as far as I'm concerned. But I just think it's interesting because I just, I have a long enough memory that I remember when Fox called a state early against Donald Trump, it was the worst thing that had ever happened in the history of our country. People were furious talking about how they need to wait until a large majority of the votes are counted. Now with 1% voting, they call it for Trump and everybody just cheers. I just find this kind of interesting, maybe a tad bit hypocritical, maybe. But as I've said, it's kind of like polls. The polls that we don't like are all rigged and wrong, and the polls that we like are dead set accurate. Maybe even better than they're reporting. But this is what I came out of South Carolina with. Look, I, I you know, it's what I'm talking about. I have great hope in people. I've seen so many people wake up, particularly on the right, and more and more on the left are turning their backs on what they're seeing on the border. They're turning their backs on this COVID ridiculousness. A lot of people on the left are waking up. I just hate to see them come over to the other side, and I hate to see the right. The right is about to sit down and shut up for four years when Donald Trump becomes president again. They're going to think that the government suddenly loves them, And they're going to do the same thing they did in Trump's first four years, which was just wait for him to save the day. They'll even make up things that he's doing behind the scenes so you don't have to get off of your duff and do anything because he's going to handle it all. Just trust us. Just wait. Trust the plan. And in 2020, the fourth year of the Trump administration, we were the least free we'd been in the history of this country. And so I'm seeing that people, I believe, are going to sit down and shut up for another four years. Uh, This was part of Donald Trump's victory celebration in South Carolina. Another man, not a lot of people know him. He doesn't do too much television. He happens to be a little bit uh, further left than some of the people on the stage. But I always say, when I'm in trouble on the left, I call up Lindsey Graham and he straightens it out so fast. And I'll tell you, no, no. No, no, remember, remember. I love him. He's a good man. Come up here, Lindsay. I love him. He's a good man. Those are Trump supporters rightfully booing Lindsey Graham, as they should, because he's a blood-soaked war criminal, a monster, but see, Trump, and this is, the, this is the problem, and if I thought there was any hope that Trump supporters would actually have any sway over him or hold him accountable for anything, I might think, you know, maybe they could straighten him out. But people who support Trump, the ride-or-die Trump crowd, he can do anything he wants. He could hire John Bolton, Nikki Haley, 
Christopher Ray and Bob Barr. And Trump supporters spent four years just going, oh, but he's doing it for X, Y, or Z reason. It's going to be great. And so these are Trump supporters rightfully booing Lindsey Graham while Trump says, oh, he's a great guy. He loves him. Because the litmus test for somebody to serve in the Trump administration or to be an ally of Donald Trump is not their ideology. It's not their commitment to freedom or, or America or anything like that. It's whether or not they say nice things about Donald Trump. And Lindsey Graham's been a good little soldier. He knows where his power, he knows where his, his uh, bread is buttered, and he needs that Trump stamp of approval. So he dupes Donald Trump by going out and saying nice things about him while Lindsey Graham actually focuses everything on America last policies. I mean, I wonder how many of the people understand that Donald Trump just said, he's a good man, I love him, to one of the guys most responsible for the war in Ukraine. There's pictures of Lindsey Graham with his snuggle buddy, John McCain, Back in, in Ukraine, back in 2014, during the overthrow that even the New York Times now has to admit was a CIA operation, you would think somebody like Donald Trump, who understands the folly of these endless wars, would turn his back on someone like Lindsey Graham. Well, Mike, he needed him to win South Carolina. This is a South Carolina victory lap. He's already won it. But he needs to tell his citizens the same way he told you the shot was great and then he saved millions of lives and you don't need to boo this shot. It's a, one of the greatest accomplishments of his administration is the same thing he thinks he can convince you on Lindsey Graham. And if Donald Trump has such bad... What is it? Well, it's his ego. As long as someone says something nice about him, he wants, he'll let them in. And I think we're about to get four more years of him letting the worst people in just because they stroked his ego. So sick. Gotta go. I told you, I don't want to touch a lot of, uh, <laughs> a lot of political stuff, but I can't let some things lie. That's all the time I got. I'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Yeah.